This is Live Well Talk on a day in the life of plant operations. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health St. Luke's Hospital. Today's episode is part of a series where we've highlighted different service lines and departments of the hospital, and today it's plant operations. Joining me today is B.J. Schreckengast, Manager of Plant Operations at St. Luke's, to discuss the roles and the makeup of the plant operations and just what they do on an average day. Welcome. Thank you. First nice podcast. It is, right. yes. Well, we're glad to have you. Um, first of all, how long have you been here at St. Luke's? Uh, be 22 years this 22 year. years. Yeah, yeah. And what did you do? Did you start in? So I started in security right out of high school and, uh, thought I wanted to go into law enforcement, signed up to go to, uh, classes at Kirkwood. And, uh, the position I got for security guard was third shift, uh, midnight to 8 AM. And they were shorthanded back then. And so I ended up working full time and, uh, it was crazy. I honestly didn't even know that many people were up at night <laughs> from midnight to 8 a.m., you know, and uh, so it was a lot of lot of learning. And uh, but I quickly realized law enforcement was not my strong uh, forte. And uh, so I obviously have a strong mechanical background and uh, growing up. And uh, so I applied for a maintenance spot and uh, after about four and a half years and been there since. So uh it's been good. I think, you know, to me, plan operations or, you know, some people just call it maintenance. You know, I mean, I think that's kind of the common term. Yep. Um, I think there, there's always a time that I think you've been highlighted, y- your skill set and your team, you know, f- flood in 08, flood in what, 17, 18? Was that the uh, somewhere in there? Yep. Wasn't yeah. it? I think you 18, know? yeah. Uh, Dre show, uh, the time we had the possibly contagious patient, we set up five West, you know I mean? To get those things done that quick. And so, um, uh, I don't think a lot of people appreciate just all the people that are on the maintenance team or the plan ops team. So kind of just give us an overview of just what makes up plan operations. So we have, uh, roughly about 21, 22 guys right now. Um, Obviously, over the years, technology improvements and, uh, you know, automation, it's actually scaled down quite a bit. When I started, uh, we had probably 26, 27 guys. And, and over the last few years, we've been able to, to move that down and be more efficient. But uh, so we have a maintenance mechanic is kind of the entry level general position. Those guys are out on the floors out front, you know, day to day. They're hanging just general items on the wall to repairing office furniture to uh change in ceiling tile or anything like that. Um, and then we, uh, we have two plumbers and, uh, two electricians, um, actually three electricians now. Um, and then we have painters, uh, we have two painters, a carpenter, a boiler operator. Um, we, uh, run the steam plant for yeah. both here and Chris is Co. over there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, uh, then we have several building systems engineer guys and that's, um, you know, those guys kind of have to know everything. Uh, yeah, I lean on them quite a bit to uh, run all the systems and utilities and infrastructure that we have here at the hospital. Um, I'd kind of say it's actually like running a small city, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, mean, I don't uh, think that's a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I mean every single utility, uh, you know, that the city has, you know, uh, we're monitoring and maintaining that. You know, we're always concerned about water quality uh, coming into the building to making sure, you know, we have both feeds from Alliant for electrical, uh, making sure our generators are always ready, uh, you know, from 
sewer lines, you know, and uh, making sure sewer lines are <laughs> doing what they're supposed to and uh, not having issues there. Well, and a hospital is a type of business that it's not like you can just, well, I'll just shut her down for the day, guys. Come back tomorrow. We'll have it fixed. I mean, you got to have a backup, backup, backup yeah. plan, don't you? Yep. Yeah. And, and actually, just like this week with uh, the planned water shutdown Thursday night, even though it's a very brief water shutdown, um, the whole hospital doing that, the last time we did that was in 2006. So, uh, you know, we obviously has, have partial shutdowns pretty regularly for construction or for emergency repairs. But um, this one here, you know, I was here then, but uh, don't really remember too much. But that was when the master facility plan was going on. Yeah. So can I ask you that question? I mean, I hear, you know, we get the email and uh, East Building will have a water shut down from this time to that time. Is that always because construction? They're doing um, something they need to turn for the, the most off. part. Yeah. Um, construction or maintenance uh, wise, you know, uh, right now we're working in the behavioral health areas, uh, you know, installing some ligature proof toilets and uh, making that area safer for our patients up there. So, um, you know, we're having a weekly shutdown going through getting those done right now. Right. OK, that makes sense. Um, what's the of, of the time you've been here? You mentioned the water shutdown, the one that's coming up. What's the toughest project you've had? Boy, uh, you know, the generator plant, um, it was kind of a transition period. I was obviously uh, very new in my role and actually interim a little bit there. Uh, and that kind of got thrown into that in the middle of that project. And uh, we obviously have a really good support team down there. Lori helped manage some of it. Uh, you know, she's the, the con construction side of things. So, uh, but infrastructure wise and generators, you know, uh, that was a very difficult project uh, because how do you build another generator plant to serve the hospital and maintain the one you have? And uh, also how do you make those tie-ins and still maintain emergency backup power? Uh, because you never know when we're gonna have a power plank, just like last week, uh, I think it was, uh, we had the power plank last Wednesday or Tuesday here oh, in yeah. the afternoon from the wind. Uh, I was, I was in Des Moines Wednesday, so it must have been Tuesday. Yeah, yep, uh, you know, from the wind. And then uh, I think it was last fall or whatever, we had the power blank from the snake, <laughs> you know, getting in. And, yeah, uh, I forgot and, about uh, that. So uh, you never know when that power is going to go out. But, um, you know, there was some nerve-wracking times uh, for me knowing, making decisions that, you know, is it safe to take our generators offline? Or uh, if we do take them offline, what's our contingency plan? To, how fast can we get them hooked back up and, and going? And um, you know, working with, uh, several physicians, I think actually you and I even met back then, um, uh, with a physician when we were doing the women's and children's scenario, yeah. we had a brief meeting with yeah. uh, Julie yeah. Sturbaum yep. and, that's uh, right. you know, going through that scenario and, um, trying to figure it out, you know, I, and I will say, you know, one thing working in security, uh, you're trained to look for the worst case scenario, you know, that what's, what's the next thing. So that's constantly what I'm thinking about is, okay, this goes down, you know, what's the next thing we got to do. And, and if that fails, where are we going to go with that? Well, like the flood in 08, you know, it was, a, it was a lightning strike that took out our uh, Alliant. Yeah. It wasn't the flood, you know, it just happened to happen on the same day, Yeah, which a lot of people, you know, just assume those had something to do with the flood. I mean, it obviously had something to do with the rain, Yeah, you know, it was lightning yep. and thunder. And, but, uh, yeah, the, you have to have contingencies upon contingencies upon contingencies. So I don't know about you, BJ, but I've learned over the years, you, you have to have contingencies and you have to think about all the things that could possibly happen. But sometimes you just can't possibly even begin to imagine what's going to happen. 
So then you just have to surround yourself with a great team that's flexible and can maintain momentum uh, and get the job done. So tell us about your team. Um, you know, great group of guys down there. Um, uh, we have two guys still that, uh, have 44 years in this year uh, wow. working. And, uh, then we have another two guys with over 30 years and then, uh, uh starts to taper down pretty quick there, but we do have uh, a few guys, um, uh, around, uh, 20 years, 15 to 20 years there. And, uh, and then we got some new ones coming in, you know, and, uh, it was always, uh, you know, told you don't want a lot of turnover and, uh, the, the maintenance department, you want that, um, you want that skill set that, uh, you know, remember where everything's at in the building and what serves sure. what and, uh, and know that you can't just walk in here. You know, I probably the biggest complaint I've had from some guys that came here and worked and have left is, uh, how hard it is to learn the whole facility. I think, uh, um, a lot of people struggle with that to just learn the whole campus and know where everything's at. Uh, you know, that takes about a year just to probably do that and feel comfortable where you're at. Um, so there's a long learning curve. To there the is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of nooks and crannies. <laughs> yeah, I bet. How, how, if someone's interested in that, I mean, do they have to have training or school or can you just come on, come in and with, you're just interested in those, you like to do stuff with your hands. Tell us about that. How does yeah, someone get so, into this I sort mean, of thing? Honestly, myself, um, you know, I, I didn't complete college. I, I withdrew. I didn't want to waste my parents' money uh, going to college there. So, um, and, uh, working full-time worked for me, but, uh, I had, I would say zero experience. I worked at Menards briefly for a while out of high school and, uh, worked for my grandpa on a mowing, uh, commercial mowing business, you know, and, uh, but growing up, uh, myself, uh, mechanical things just came natural with me. My dad and I, uh, worked on motorcycles and, and, uh, cars quite a bit. Uh, I had a drag car in high school that we raced and, uh, did that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, people always ask me, it's like, how do you, how do you know how to do that? And I was just, I said, I don't know. I just, I can see it, you know? And, uh, so that's benefited me greatly. You know, I, I don't have an education, but, uh, you know, I've been able to, to work my way up here, you know, uh, over the last two decades, but, uh, you know, we do have, uh, our electricians, um, some of them are licensed, uh, electrician, uh, just like union electricians are. Um, I had an uncle that was an electrician here, like way back in the eighties. Yeah. yeah for yep, a brief time. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, obviously I would prefer that, but, um, you know, if, if the right candidate presents themselves, uh, here, you know, the hospital will invest in them. And that's the greatest thing I can say, you know, is, uh, that investment, you know, of, sending, uh, sending you for training. You know, um, I, I was sent to go get my refrigeration license. So I was able to buy and handle refrigerant and, uh, maintain refrigerant. And, uh, um, just, you know, I always really appreciated that hospital wasn't afraid if I put in something, they're going to give back. And, uh, you know, I continue that today with the guys. Um, so I, I'd say it's an alternative, you know, I'd certainly encourage guys. Kirkwood community college is a great, uh, great school. They have a great, uh, HVAC program for you know, heating, cooling, ventilation, and all that. Uh, you know, so I'd certainly encourage them to to look at the going there. But you know, we're certainly not afraid to to bring in somebody with no no experience at all. I think if I if I, I mean, I love what I do, but I think being an electrician would be pretty cool because you not only do you have a lot of science, you know, and and that that the electrical and even the chemical aspect of electricity. But you also solve problems. I, I, so I think that, for me, that would be like a pretty cool job, I think. Um, 
Why do we always have why do we always have construction? Um, we got to stay competitive, you know, and uh, we're extremely busy. Probably the busiest I can ever think we have been here, you know, with projects going on, and um, you know, it's uh, construction is an inconvenience, you know, in a hospital. You can't disclose or uh, shut down, and you know. Uh, what I've always told the guys in, in training and in meetings and stuff like that, um, you know, we're not just the maintenance guys at an apartment building. I said, uh, you know, we turn a breaker off, we could potentially be turning a breaker off to somebody in ICU, um, you know, on a ventilator, you know, um, or you turn water off to something uh, that serves a dialysis uh, patient or, you know, whatever. So it's, it's uh, very critical to really think about what you're yeah. touching and affecting. You, you, um, you remember Sue Ram? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great. Sue's awesome. And, you know, she started out medical records transcribing and worked her all the way up to at her retirement. She's in charge of IT. And she would always tell people that you might not understand it, but what you're doing at that point in time at the other, at, you know, at one end of what your actions are, there's a patient. It, it, even yep. if you're transcribing or helping fix a computer there, it ultimately, it ends up at a patient. And, you know, I think your team really, uh, it, it, uh, really, really represents that, you know, I know they have duties, but I've never hear them say, well, that's not my job. They're always like, Hey, I'll, I'm here to help and I'll have to fix it. Uh, the, uh, but then, and I think the, the Graham guys and the pipe pro guys, they're, they're real sensitive that they're working on hospital. Yeah. You know, they're quiet as they go down the hallways. They, you know, try to do things with not disturbing you. Are, are they easy to work with? You like working with those They guys? are. You know, it, it is. Um, you know, hospital is a completely different environment. Uh, there's benefits of uh, working in this environment. You're in a uh, climate controlled environment inside most of the time. And um, you're not working in a dark hole <laughs> at a factory. But, uh, yeah, we're very, very fortunate here to have great contractors. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Joe, uh, with Graham. Um, you know, he's, he's a, I would say my sidekick there, you know, I mean, we, we back each other up constantly bouncing things off, of, uh, each other on, you know, what are we going to do here and how we make sure it's safe for our patients when we're tearing into a wall to fix a leaking water line in a chase or something like that. Or, uh, you know, how do we, uh, work above the OR or operating room or, um, we're getting ready to to do some construction right above our sterile processing department, you know, that uh, has a po positive pressure area, you know, just like an OR where um, you can't just go in there anytime and you can't pop a ceiling tile and tear into a pipe uh, when they're doing sterile processing uh, right below you on uh, equipment that's going to basically go up and be used on a patient. Yeah. And know? they, so, I mean, we've had, we've done a sterile processing podcast. I mean, they, they run pretty much around the clock yeah, don't they they yeah, do uh, to, to and, prepare for the next day yeah know, yep clean up from whatever they did that day yeah yeah, yeah we that's they, they take a lot of pride in their work the i think during the pandemic did i mean you i know you were in a lot of those meetings just the air movement through a hospital and through just a building i found very interesting because you looked at so i was reading about that uh right at the beginning of the pandemic, trying to figure out, you know, air exchanges. And I know you went, had that memorized, uh, but that was like a big component early on, uh, trying to figure that out, you know, trying to make it negative pressure, uh, cobbling together up on the old CCU <laughs> so we could have those negative pressure rooms. You guys were fabulous, but you really, 
it, it made me appreciate how buildings are built because like in like third world countries where they don't have H heating and cooling, but they built these older hospitals to match the direction of the wind to, you know, <laughs> to think about that. You yeah. know, it was just, it was so fascinating and it was such a big part of the pandemic early on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. That's for sure. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, we went from, yeah, trying to make sure that our ER was positive and blowing out, you know, we're bringing in fresh air. Uh, but okay, you want to make the, the ER positive, but we still wanted some negative rooms, you know, I mean, early on, not knowing truly what we were getting into, you know, and, uh, you just run with it and you do it and, uh, uh, do the best you can with what you got. Yeah, you, I mean, uh, we relied heavily on our contractors, uh, during that time, even to assist us, which was great. I mean, uh, they, uh, they weren't afraid to come in and help us. You know, I mean, some people had, uh, no desire to come to the hospital, you know, during that time. And I didn't have a single contractor say, no, I'm not coming down there to do that. Or, you know, uh, we're not gonna, can't help you out, you know? Uh, so that was really good, you know, yeah. um, that support sport model, you know, and, uh, I'd say, you know, one thing on that, um, it was interesting with the pandemic, you know, uh, a lot of contractors and facilities and factories shut down, yeah. you know, and uh, job security wise here, you know, uh, I had a job to go to all the time. So um, there is some job security in healthcare, yep. you know, uh, uh, food industry and healthcare people, unfortunately, were going to get sick and they got to yep. eat. Uh, so I think those are two industries that will be sustained uh, and they're rewarding. Right. And at the end of the day, I mean, and your team is fabulous. I mean, they are always like, okay, yeah, we'll do this. You know, and they're such good problem solvers. So, well, this has been interesting, BJ. I always enjoy seeing you. Once again, this is BJ Schreckengast, plant operations manager here at St. Luke's. If you're interested in a career in plant operations, visit unitypoint.org backslash careers. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.